This podcast is brought to you by A Copy Match. A Copy Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agapimatch.com. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your questions in dating and relationships on the podcast and online. If you're not already following me, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Matchmaker Maria. And hey, while you're at it, follow this podcast at Ask a Matchmaker and my company at Agape Match. I'll include the links to all the stuff in my bio. This week's guest is my husband, Giorgos Piriotakis, or as Siri likes to call him, Giorgios Piriotakis. George, welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Hello, thanks for having me again. I think this is my third time on the podcast. Yes, it, it is. <laughs> um, so we had a different episode scheduled to come out tomorrow. And um, unfortunately, we're having some technical issues and that's going to come out in a couple of weeks instead. And you were asking me about how my last night was. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'd love to tell you, but let's do it on the podcast. So that is what is happening this week because yeah. I think some of the things that happened yesterday is just things that people should know. Yeah. So, so what happened yesterday? So on Sunday, it was your birthday. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, we did celebrate on Sunday, but some of your followers and big fans went to take you out for drinks. Uh, and that's what happened yesterday. And you left, we said goodbye, and then you came late. <laughs> it was wonderful. Like, I know you know I'm extroverted. I don't know. I don't know if some people who have never made me know how extroverted I am. It might come off on social media, but yesterday felt so good and just kind of being out with people. It just gave me so much energy that when I got home at around, I think it was like 12 AM at midnight, um, it took me two hours to calm down. Like I had such a high, you know, I haven't gone out a lot and the, like most people, I haven't gone out a lot most parents, because there's a lot of people that might not have kids who have a lot more freedom to go out this past year. But for me in particular, I have not gone out as much. I could probably count in one hand how many times I've gone out. So when I got home, it took me about two hours to like kind of fall down from that high. So that was exciting for me. Even the high, I was like, oh, I miss this. I miss, I miss this, which was, it's just so much fun going out with those ladies. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Amanda for organizing it. I call her the president of my fan club. Um, because she is, uh, I didn't even know I had a fan club until Amanda pointed it out. And that was really fun, uh, last night to go out with the ladies. All of the ladies that were in attendance yesterday have actually graduated the Agape Intensive, which is one of our coaching programs that will actually be going on the road, uh, in a few months. So that's one thing I haven't told you yet, George. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, we've been thinking about doing, you know, some women want to do the copy intensive, but they don't want to do it over Zoom. They want to do in person. So um, we've decided to do in person. Um, and yesterday, you know, I asked the women there, like, because I need I need some moderators, I need past graduates to help me out with the moderation of an in person event. 
And um, we booked it for April 29th to May 1st, which is the week after Greek Easter and two weeks after mm -hmm. Passover. So I'm, I'm telling so what, you now. <laughs> yeah. So so what's going to be like uh, the intensive on, on the road? Like it's going to be a classroom? How is it going to work? So right now the Agape Intensive on Zoom, it's limited to 12 women. And um, Agape Intensive in person, it's going to it's going to be um, more than 12 women. I think for the first one, it's going to be limited to 30 women. That was, I think that's a good place to start. It's going to be, you know, you arrive on Friday and we do welcome session on Friday. And then Saturday we do, you know, what we would typically do on Zoom session one and two. And then on Sunday we would do the session three before departure. Um, so, you know, we want to give women that in-person time the, and the opportunity to have the camaraderie among other women who share in the same um, ideas of acknowledgement and boundaries and respect in relationships. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, so that, that would give them that opportunity. So like I said, you know, for me as an extrovert, the pandemic has been really difficult. It's very hard for a lot of people to do zoom classes. I get it. Um, and you know, another thing is I think it's also, you know, for some people when they want to join the agape intensive, you know, it sells out three months in advance. So I think this is an opportunity for some more women that want to do mm -hmm. it that don't want to wait. You know, let's say they wanted to do March. They can't until June. It's like, okay, well, now April mm -hmm. is an opportunity. Where is it going to be? Uh, I don't, I, I can't announce that yet. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're recording so, a podcast, George. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's going to be um, in the East Coast for the first okay. one. But I mean, it's going to be kind of like a so. resort thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, resort. Okay. Hoping to get some spa amenities and okay. uh, maybe an excursion in there. So it'll it'll be a really fun experience. Yeah. For for women and um, learning about chemistry and compatibility, and I'm really excited about that. Okay, so another thing that happened yesterday was that I. So it's funny, like I'm recording this podcast with you, but I never think about like who listens to the podcast. I just know that it's being listened to. And I always assume like people listen to like one episode and maybe that is the case, right? Maybe someone's listening to this episode and they'll never listen to it again. I don't know. I have a very, um, uh, I, I try not to think about that so much. I try not to think about the analytics of a podcast, but all of the women that were at the birthday drinks thing last night are like really avid listeners. Like they listened to every episode and they were recollecting like, oh, this and this. And, and I thought that was, uh, really funny and, um, they were talking to me about how last week's hotline episode, how that like affected their way of thinking when it comes to interfaith conversations or dating. And it's like funny because that happened when the hotline was recorded, somebody asked me about interfaith relationships. So I know you don't listen to the podcast, right? Because you I hear do. me all day. So, so, oh, you do? Yeah. I do listen like some episodes. I'm not like a uh, like one of those fans, but I do listen some episodes. Yeah. Well, last week's episode, a woman who was I don't know if she was raised Jewish, but she basically told me that she's culturally Jewish. Uh, maybe she was raised Jewish, but it seemed like it was more of a culture thing for her than a religion uh, relationship. Um, she is dating a man who's Greek Orthodox, and he is asking her to convert for him. And she was asking me like questions about that and like what I thought. And, you know, I gave my thoughts on that. If you're listening and you want to listen to that, that was last week's episode. And then the, what happened that same day was somebody asked me um, about if I've only dated Greek men. 
And I posted that on my stories and then my feed and it just sparked this crazy conversation in my DMs of, you know, women identifying with what I'm saying and also women telling me and men telling me how reframing it, especially with last week's podcast uh, episode, reframing the conversation. So like in last week's podcast, you know, the way she talked about it. So basically he's asking her to convert to Greek orthodoxy, but also that she cannot participate in some of the cultural celebrations of her faith. So like, you know, Passover, um, which is a big deal in the Jewish faith. He, I don't, it seems like he wouldn't want that do that or like Hanukkah. And the reason was because he doesn't want to confuse their hypothetical children. And I had to point out that like all of the things that you just said, it has nothing to do with temple. It has to do with like family gatherings around a table with food. So why is that a problem? And then, you know, you know, the post I put up about, you know, who I've dated in the past, and I also wrote who you've dated in the past. Um, I wanted to talk to you about that today. I, I think if you... Do you want me to remind you what I wrote? <laughs> Someone asked me, did you date non-Greeks? I love being Greek, but it narrows the dating pool a bit. LOL, SOS. So I've written my perspective online, and I'll talk about it later, but I'd love to hear your perspective. You know, you're a Greek man. Have you only ever dated Greek? And how important was that to you so i mostly dated non-greeks and, and and that's for you also have to think of the environment you're in i was an international student at the university of florida it was maybe 20 greeks in total there so really if i and most of them were men so really even if i would be able to date uh, greek but i think you really limit yourself by dating uh greeks because you might find someone else where you're very compatible and you share a lot of common interests, you have fun together, you know, your love language is much, see, I'm listening. And, uh, <laughs> and you will be, he or she will be a missed opportunity just because he doesn't match your ethnicity. Now, in terms of religion, it's slightly different because religion is a much bigger cultural element in a relationship and it's as big as we make it you know if people who are not really they follow religion because you know they have to follow religion for traditional reasons that's fine but if you're really passionate about your religion um then that might have some complications but demanding from someone to abandon their religion it's for me it's almost like you're not respecting them uh their religion is as important to them as your religion is important to you so you have to find a common ground there. And I did know actually one of my friends, uh, her dad was Catholic, her mom was Christian, and she will tell me, uh, excuse me, uh, her mom was Jewish, as they will celebrate Hanukkah. And then a week later, my dad would take us, me and my sister, to go to church for Christmas. Like we had both religions uh, available to us. So it wasn't too much of an issue for them. But, you know, this is a very personal thing. And... Uh, if you're very passionate about your religion, you know, and even if you respect the other person's religion, then, you know, if you're going to have kids in the future, that might make things a little bit more complicated. So you don't have to pay attention to that early on, I think. Okay, but let's talk about you. We're not giving advice right now. Let's okay. talk about like, okay, so when you when you lived in Greece, before you moved here for your master's and PhD, mm -hmm. you only dated... Greeks, yeah. You only because... dated Greek. Well, yeah, because... Uh, I mean... Go ahead. <laughs> There. It's hard to, even if you want to, you wouldn't, especially in an island that I was in. Right. And then, you know, when you moved to Florida, were you aware that there was a, there was not a Greek community in Gainesville? 
I kind of was aware. Yeah, yeah, I kind of was a little bit aware because they, when uh, you get your welcome letter, they tell you about how many students you have from any organization and from every, every country. And they list the, the countries by uh, people and Greece was not even listed. So I knew there would be less than 100 Greeks there. Wow. While you were talking about how there's only 20 people at the University of Florida that were Greek, at least when you were there, it made me think of sometimes, you know, we get requests from people that, you know, they'll say something like, I'm going to say Greek because I'll just stick to that for now. But like, they'll say, oh, I'm a Greek woman who lives in Detroit and I only want to date Greek men, but I already know all the Greek men in Detroit. And Detroit has a pretty substantial Greek American community, but mm -hmm. it's still very small. And it's like, I have, I have to find a Greek man and I'll have a national search. And we hear the same thing. Like, you know, I've had, I've had Greek men that live in Houston <laughs> tell me, you know, she has to be Greek um, and she has to move to Houston because I can't leave. And I just, I don't know. I've, <laughs> it, it just seems very limiting. I guess what my concern has always been with these, with this sort of, okay, so let's break it down, right? So we have ethnicity and religion, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when we say Greek, I mean, 99% of Greeks are Greek Orthodox Christian. Yeah. So now we're talking about like how much of your Christianity, how much is that really religious versus cultural? Because mm -hmm. like, for instance, between me and you, the majority of our friends in our circle, they're just culturally Greek Orthodox. I don't think, with the exception of like one friend, I don't think any of our friends go to church every Sunday. Yeah. And especially now with the pandemic, I don't think... Um, a very long time. The only time we went in church was uh, when uh, Alexandra's daughter was baptized. Our daughter was baptized. Yeah. So I guess what always makes me nervous is when I think about how if you only limit yourself to this one subculture or your religion, and again, I'm talking about people that are maybe not necessarily religious, right? If you are in a place where there's not a lot of options in that it makes me wonder like, okay, is this person the right fit for you? This person that you want to be with, are they the right fit for you? Or do you put up with a lot more pink and red flags because they share the same subculture or sub-religion or, you know, religion rather as you? Because I've seen this with some of our friends. Like I remember I've seen instances where, you know, one of our friends was dating someone that were like, oh, they should not be dating that person. And her response was always like, but he's Greek. Yeah. Uh, that's a limiting and a binding factor at the same time. It's, uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, we're not like in the 1800s now, right? We're not trying, uh, we're living in international so uh, society, an in international world. You, especially in the United States, right? You're bound to meet other uh, people and you're bound to be other ethnicities and other religions and just talk to them. And, you know, it's like passing opportunities because it's like someone giving you kind of a Ferrari and saying, mm, I really wanted yellow, not red. Uh, that's kind of, kind of how it feels like. So, you know, the other day when that post went up, you know, you mentioned it is easier that we are both the same religion mm -hmm. and the same culture. And that started making me think like, you know, I'm not going to deny that there is a certain privilege that you and I have by sharing um, a similar background. Although having grown up in Greek America versus your Greek, we have been raised substantially different when it comes mm -hmm. to um, culture and community. Like, I feel like I am more connected to me being Greek than you are. Yeah, no, that's true. And that's because I was raised in Greek America and our kids might experience that too, as mm -hmm. they're raised here in a subculture, right? 
Um, but it, as I thought about it, like, you know, yeah, I guess it's kind of easier, I suppose. But then I thought, you know, even if I ended up marrying someone that was not Greek, I don't see a place like, of course, my kids would have still gone to Greek school. Of course, my kids would have still, you know, learned Greek dance just like I did. Like that comes to, to be with me. That's the package deal, right? That mm -hmm. my hypothetical children are going to participate in certain things that I expect them to. And it doesn't matter who my husband is. It's these are my kids. And I, I think mean, because I always had that mentality, it just made it easier for me to like think about. And that is something that came out yesterday during conversation. Like one of the women, you know, she said, okay, I think I might open up. She's Jewish. She, she said, I think I might open up my search criteria to outside of Jewish. But what are they going to say when I tell them I want to have, you know, my children bar or bat mitzvah? And I said to her, I said, you know, he knows you're Jewish, right? Like on day one, he knows you're Jewish. So yeah. there have to be certain assumptions made when you're dating a Jewish woman. Your kids are going to be on a technical level, forget the theory level, the technical level are going to be born Jewish. And that comes with certain, you know, cultural milestones in that religion. Mm -hmm. And one of those is having a bat or bar mitzvah. If it's a boy, you might have a bris or naming ceremony. Um, you know, there's certain things that people do in that religion. And I think it doesn't matter. I, you know, I told her, I don't think it matters for most men who you marry, you're going, there are certain things that you would have done regardless with whatever kid you have. Mm -hmm. And if you're not as religious, like if you're not going to temple every Saturday and you know, he's not going to church or mosque every weekend, you just have to approach your religion. Again, this goes for people that are not necessarily religious, right? You have to approach what we think of as, oh, this is my religion as no, it's just dinner with your family. <laughs> it's family bonding. It's together time. It's quality time together. And that's, that's universal, not universal, because it's not necessarily universal, but that's, that is shared by many cultures that might not have the same faith or ethnicity as you. Yeah. And actually, if you look past that, you'll see that uh, a lot of uh, groups, ethnic groups or religious groups, they have a lot of similar values deeper family values, societal values that go past the religion and you can actually bond over those rather than looking at uh, the nitty gritty of the religion. Can you give an example? So for example, let, let's talk about Greeks and uh, Jewish people, right? Like the example he gave, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, he wanted her to abandon her religion, but both groups, they have a very strong uh, family value. They value family. And you can see that the uh, Jewish families, they stay together like the kids take care, the, the parents take care of the kids really well. And when the kids grow older, they can take care of their parents. And that's very strong uh, in the Jewish community and very similar to the Greek community, right? Uh, Greeks feel very proud of being uh, Greek and from where they're coming from. And so are Jewish people. They do feel very strong about their heritage. And I think those are the values that you should be looking and not so much, uh, oh, what kind of celebration we're gonna be having. Of course, this comes from my mindset that it's very different. Like I don't value religion. It's not my top list, uh, the religion. So some people do have the, that religion in the top list. But again, I find it very offensive to ask someone to abandon their religion uh, and adopt your religion uh, without any other condition. This is like very, very offensive. Like you have to understand that people feel about their religion the same way that you feel about your religion. And you can just ask them to abandon it.
I think one of the reasons why he wanted her to convert in this particular example is because he wants to get married in the Greek Orthodox Church. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, I get that. But, you mm -hmm. know, what do you want to be? You want to have a nice wedding the way you your parents want the wedding and you want the wedding? Or you want to have a nice life with someone for the rest of your life? That's where it comes down to. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, you know, another thing that I think people also don't realize is that just because what someone identifies right now as in this, look, everything here is a social construct, right? So um, what someone identifies today does not mean that they're going to identify with in 10 years, right? I We have, you know, in our in our own family, we have instances where, you know, someone is, um, you know, they, they went to church every Sunday, they got married, and then, you know, as life goes on, sometimes people lose their faith, and now they identify as atheist. And mm -hmm. like, what are you going to do? Divorce your spouse because they've changed um, how they, how they, you know, value or view their own faith. Yeah. If we're basing our core, like single, or excuse me, like if we're basing a single issue of like how we're searching for people, we also have to acknowledge that that thing that is bonding to us might also evolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While you and I do share the same ethnicity and religion, you and I have very different relationships with religion. Oh, and yeah. one of the things that someone said to me yesterday was said, like, what if they want me to come to church with them? Or, you know, what if they don't want to go to temple? And I said to them, like, they don't have to have, no one has to have the same relationship with you in your faith. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to go to temple, then you can go to temple. And if he wants to go to church, he can go to church. You have to respect each other's space when it comes to your own faith. Mm -hmm. But also, just to add to what you said, you know, okay, you, if someone wants to go to church every week, every week, that's fine. You know, they can go. But, you know, you can tag along uh, the big celebrations yeah. um, and things like I that. I mean, that's what you do. You and I, yeah. like... To be supportive of that. Pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic, I would go to church every Sunday. Not that I'm necessarily religious. I just like the way church smells. <laughs> it's like my the whole ASMR. Community that's there. I like, like the community aspect. Yeah. Greek church smells so good and it sounds so good. It's like my own little ASMR um, Zen period. And I also love my community. Um, so I would go to church every Sunday and then George would come like twice a year. Like that's not... <laughs> It's not something that I need to share with you. It's just my own thing. And I would take the kids and you'd also have a free Sunday morning. Now with the pandemic, mm. um, my faith has certainly shifted a lot during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes people think, oh, it would have been easier if we shared the same faith. And maybe it would be. But at the same time, I think you have to think about your own lifestyle goals as it pertains to your hypothetical children or your existing children, you know, of what their life looks like. And you know, children are really resilient. I don't think they're as confused as people make them out to be because at this point we have multiple generations of people who have been raised in interfaith homes and they've come out perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it also comes down to, you know, how passionate you are about your religion. And if you're really, really passionate, then by all means, date someone from your own religion that will definitely work better for you. Okay, so now unrelated to all of this, I'm going to just switch gears really quick. I have been sharing your TikToks. Okay, yeah, I, I'm um, on TikTok. Uh, nerd meets food. Uh, I have a blog too, but now it's mostly on the TikTok. Nerd meets food. So it's a nerd meets food is George's TikTok, and it has the most wholesome posts ever. I'm gonna. I want you to give me your Instagram password so I can turn those into little reels. Okay. Because 
uh, on your Instagram because I think they, I think it's just so good. I love, I don't know if you know this, but I repost them on my Instagram stories. Yeah. I'm obsessed with your content because I think it's really wholesome. And I think it's really cute that you did these things while I was away last night. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish I had more time to post things on TikTok. All right. Well, I think you're doing great. I, I really love the stuff that you post because it just makes me feel feelings. Not only because um, I'm obviously married to you and like, you know, it's just, I think it's, I really respect you and I don't know. I, I just think you give up. I, I watching your videos just put me in such a good mood because it comes no, from a place of, you know, you don't care if you go viral or whatever. It just comes from a place of like, I just want to help you. And I, I just love that. I think that's how I feel about my own content too. And it just makes it, you have a different style, but I just really appreciate it. And so for anyone listening who wants to follow George, he's more of a TikTok person and he's on TikTok nerd meets food. But I'm also, I'm going to take over his Instagram and start posting his TikTok videos on Instagram because I think they're really good there too. Yeah, thanks. And and just out of what you said, that um, like with the gift guy right now, I'm not just looking at things. I have things that I already every day use. They've been tried. They've been uh, mm -hmm. verified. I have them for more than a year. And I use them on daily basis. So that's the things that I want to tell people to do. And also, you know, keep in mind the cost. You know, if you want to give someone that is like $15, have like some really good gifts, gift ideas for less than $50. So I haven't posted them everything. My plan is to be posting one idea every day until Christmas. So give people time to pick uh, gifts for New Year's because it's not only Christmas, it's uh, New Year's. And then I link everything on my blog. So you can go to my blog and find everything there. Well, thank you, George, for coming on Ask a Matchmaker. And yeah, thank you. Um, Actually, it was good to learn about your plans about April. And this was genuinely like the first time I'm hearing about that. So we'll, <laughs> we'll talk more later. I want to know the details. Do you think it's a good idea? I think it's a great idea, yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. All right, and thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. As I mentioned previously, if you'd like to speak to me on an upcoming hotline episode, follow me on Instagram at matchmakermaria. I'll post a link usually on Wednesdays and we'll chat then. Until then, you can learn more about what I do or enroll in an upcoming Agape Intensive by visiting agapematch.com slash services. Thank you again for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. Be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.